Hi everybody, Karen Doby here with Jason Cipriani and Jason Perlow for Jason Squared. We're talking today about video cameras. They're everywhere, right? All over people's houses, up in cities, everywhere. So privacy is uh, no doubt a big issue when talking about video cameras. And specifically today, we're talking about Ring, a company that's been in the news some with some privacy issues that we're gonna uh, kind of dissect here today. So Jason Cipriani, let's start with you first. Just describe some of the issues going on with Ring. Yeah, so Ring, the company that kind of established video doorbells and made, made them a thing years ago, um, has been in the news, like you said, recently, thanks to some Freedom of Information Act requests and as well as some leaks, internal document leaks, that kind of detail how tightly knit Ring is working with local police departments throughout the country. I think I read a report that it's over 100 police departments that they're working very closely with. Um, where What they basically do is um, they coach the police departments on how to request videos. Let's say someone broke into a house down the street and Ring provides the police department with a list of everyone in that area that has Ring products installed. And they're able to reach out through the Ring app and then the Neighbors app, which is a separate app that anyone, a Ring customer or not, can sign up for and request that video footage. Um, and, and more specifically, they're actually providing video that is shared to that neighbor's app to the police department without a warrant or anything like that, which I'm not so sure is that big of a deal because it's a public app and a public network, just like sharing on Facebook or, um, you know, Twitter or Instagram or whatever. Uh, but so the controversy is, is Ring's relationship and their coaching and their deals with the police departments too much? Is it taking it too far for a, what should be a smart home company that happens to make security cameras and working that closely with law enforcement? I don't know. I, I think it's definitely worth having that conversation, not just today, but, you know, continue that conversation forward. Yeah, understandable why it's raising some eyebrows and definitely something we should uh, talk about. Jason Perlow, what's your take on this? And do you think uh, it should change how we view home security systems in general. Well, first of all, Ring, is, if I recall, uh, was purchased by Amazon. Was in it was was the late 2017 or around two years ago now. Okay, yeah, maybe 2016, 2017 timeframe, and they were one of the first major uh, third-party IoT uh, purchases uh, that they've had. Um, you know, outside of, of, of manufacturing their own products internally, such as Alexa. Um, and you know they, they kind of did that in reaction to what Google's been doing, acquiring um, silver companies themselves. So um, Ring has always been a cloud-based company. Um, all that video is stored in Amazon cloud storage uh, from the beginning. Um, so this is this is Amazon, you know, storing video data on their cloud servers. Um, it, I think it's a, this is, becomes a question of um, of data sovereignty uh, at a personal level. I mean, obviously corporations have uh, you know, strong data sovereignty sort of things in their contracts when they deal with large cloud service providers and such. But this is a consumer product and, you know, I don't think the average user completely understands where their video is being recorded. It's certainly not being recorded on premises at home. It's being recorded at Amazon. Uh, the question is, um, I don't really have an issue with it being used for law enforcement purposes because I think that's the whole point of these things is to make sure that, you know, your communities are safe and your house is safe. Um, but my issue is, should, you know, law enforcement have the ability willy-nilly to just start looking at uh, security cameras uh, in the United States? Now, this is, you know, 
law enforcement has had access to, to DVR footage in commercial spaces and things for a long time. Um, if you commit a crime in a public area and you're caught on camera, um, that the police have to go through you know a whole uh, a subpoena process of, of, of asking for uh, you know whatever camera footage has captured you know the uh, su the suspect. Um, they have to go through quite a bit of paperwork. This effectively kind of reduces the amount of paperwork that's required, um, so it can be get it can get into the hands of law enforcement much speedier, much more speedily. But um, so, so really, it's a question of you know how how quickly should the law enforcement have access to it? Not really so much um, should they have access to it. I don't think that that the cops should be able to just you know log on to, to Amazon's feeds. Um, Amazon shouldn't be providing them access to these feeds to just sort of switch channels. You know, like they're they're going through uh, their Netflix you know queue here. Um, but I don't really think that's the case. Certainly, uh, in the United States, we're not really um, used to this concept of being under surveillance all the time, even though for the most part we are. Um, in England, obviously, they've been dealing with CCTV for a very, very, very long time. Um, your average citizen in the UK gets caught on camera, I don't know, like 2,000 times a day or something like that. So they're used to it. Um, but here it's more of a, of, a, of a privacy issue, I think, that people are a little worried about. But we're, I think we're just going to have to get used to it. Yeah, uh, definitely sounds like we are. And, you know, th these cameras, they're getting cheaper, they're more accessible these days. And so this is, you know, talk about the broader impact here, you guys, because, uh, you know, it's not just about ring. I mean, all, all kinds of them are being installed in, in different ways. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this, this isn't just a ring problem. And I think part of the reason this is blown up is ring kept these agreements, uh, confidential with the police departments. I mean, they, if a police department is to talk about a ring product, they, according to some of the agreements that have leaked, they have to run that statement through ring PR before they can publish it. That, that's a pretty tight knit uh, relationship there. And I think in that aspect, it does cross the line a little bit. I mean, police departments aren't marketing arms of ring cameras, right? But I think, also another factor that plays into this as well is that Amazon owns Ring. And Amazon, Facebook, Apple, Google, you go down the list of all the tech giants and there's this overwhelming fear that we're getting into a surveillance state and all these companies know too much about us. So if Ring wasn't owned by Amazon, would this be as big of a deal as it is in the news now? And I'm not, I'm not entirely convinced that that would be the case. But like you said, this, you know, there's other camera makers out there. There's Arlo, there's Samsung, there's Wise. All these videos are stored somewhere um, with the exception of, you know, in Wise's case, you have an SD card that goes into the camera, but all those videos are stored somewhere that is not in your home to Jason's point. And something has to happen with that video. Now, privacy restrictions and, and terms and policies and privacy policies and all that stuff, as far as the tech companies go, should restrict anyone from accessing that video. And as far as we know, Ring doesn't let the police department just dial up a camera, check in on the neighborhood, see how things are going. Something has to happen and the user at the end of the day has to hand over that video. And in my opinion, that's fine. But as you know, I have probably 10 cameras around my home because I'm always testing different products from different vendors, you know, and people, when they come to my house, I let them know there's cameras all over, but you may not get that courtesy going to someone else's house and always being on camera, even if you're at your friend's house and you're sitting in the living room, adjusting to always being on camera is a, is a huge thing um, that we have to over either 
stop putting cameras everywhere or which isn't likely. I mean, like you said, they're affordable. You get a wise camera for 20 bucks. It's ridiculous. Um, it's, it's definitely a new mindset that we have to find a happy medium with, with what happens with that, you know, video and what kind of transparency level do we need to have and comfort level when we go just on our front porch? Because you know, odds are your neighbor across the street probably has a camera. You're on camera there next door. Same thing. You know, there's a lot going on here that's not just ring specific. It's a broader surveillance state paranoia as a whole. And, uh, you know, some people have a huge issue with that. Yeah, no doubt. And they are. They're everywhere. I think every other neighbor that I have uh, around me has one. So, uh, well, you just touched on this. And Jason Perlow, we'll go to you uh, to expand on the, you know, paranoia a little bit. There's, there's the state here of, of surveillance concerns. What do you think? Well, clearly we know that a, a surveillance states do exist in other parts of the world. Um, what I'm more concerned with, not so much just capturing the, the video footage and storing it in the cloud and having law enforcement having access to it, it is when we start applying machine learning and artificial intelligence algorithms to this captured video. In China, um, if you just you know, walk up to the airport, there are cameras that immediately recognize you and say, hey, Jason, welcome to the airport. Would you like to check in for your flight? Now, that is creepy as hell. Um, and the, you know, China has 1.3 billion citizens, and that, and that country is building up you know, digital signatures of people's faces um, all the time. And you know, people are being uh, captured on video all the time and, and, and their faces identified all the time in China. So that's a country where I, I think you know, we don't want to, I don't think we necessarily want to go in that direction for the sake of our security. But we have to remember that you know, all these types of devices that we have connected to the internet, all these IoT devices, whether it's a camera or a, 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 an, a, 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 a something like an Alexa or a Google Home, those are capturing data all the time, whether it's video or audio. And that data uh, can be uh, you know, uh, processed by, by machine systems, um, but they can also be processed by human beings directly. Um, as I understand, um, you know, Apple as well as um, Amazon has staff which will review um, various different types of audio recordings um, you know, from Alexa and from the and from Siri, and uh, you know they they will hear crimes being committed. They will hear your most intimate situations occurring in your household. Uh, I think the question is, what happens? You know, when they review something, that they hear something that sounds like it might be a crime. Is it there? Is it in? You know, is it their duty at that point then to report that to police? I don't know. Um, I think I think there's a very fine line there. Yeah, definitely. And it is, uh, it's really concerning. Uh, all right, Jason Cipriani, your final thoughts on this? So Apple actually paused that program you just mentioned, Jason, um, and they no longer manually review some Siri requests and have humans listen to them. Alexa or Amazon now allows you to opt out of the Alexa stuff. Google did the same thing. I believe they've paused that program now as well while they try to figure out a better way to approach it. But Ring itself has gotten in trouble for this exact thing. Years, or about a year ago, I think it was, documents leaked um, from Ring, which, does someone have it out for Ring, by the way, of all these leaks and documents and controversial stuff coming out uh, of the company? But I, I believe they have sub, subcontractors in Ukraine who work on identifying objects and stuff in the videos. And they were having humans take clips and 
dictating whether or not the object was correctly identified or manually going through and clicking on, you know, a car that drove by and labeling it a car and a leaf that flew by that triggered the motion and labeling it a leaf. You know, that's in their terms and conditions and the privacy policy that they're able to manually go back and check these videos. But yeah, to your point, if they were to go and check one of those videos and they see a car getting broken into, is it their obligation to then turn that over to the police without interacting with the end user? I think these are some, like I said earlier, some hard conversations we need to have and a conversation that needs to continue, not between us three and anyone else in the tech community, but the the government as a whole, there needs to be some, you know, some policy put into place on what users' privacy is mandated, you know, to be, you know, we need to be able to opt out from the beginning, or maybe it's opt in from the beginning on having, you know, manual uh, reviews of our, of our voice commands in our video in our home, instead of finding out later that, oh, you could have opted out, but you had to find it in this email and the link at the bottom, or, you know, some random stuff like that. Um, but this is a conversation that we definitely need to continue going forward. Like I said, not just us, but you know, as a country and, and get the government involved as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's so many things to consider here. That's a great point to end on there. Uh, much conversation still to come. This is not an issue that's going away anytime soon, uh, for sure. Uh, Jason Cipriani and JC Perlow, thank you for being with us today. And we thank you for watching Jason Square. We'll see you next time.